Wealth, security, and opportunity are a byproduct of success. However, it often comes at the expense of deep personal satisfaction and happiness. This is the Design Your Destiny podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chason, board-certified hypnotist and number one international best-selling author. I work with the highly successful influencers, business leaders, corporate leaders who desire a life by design. In this podcast, I will bring to you succinct solo episodes and interviews that dissect the challenges of success and highlights the ways to leverage your most underutilized asset, your subconscious mind. If you desire peace and happiness in your life, better health and stronger relationships so you can enjoy the success that you have created, keep listening because this podcast is for you. Um, not a formal intro here yet because we're doing the pre-talk and we're in the middle of something amazing and we want to catch it naturally in the moment. I'll intro her in a moment, but here's Annie. And we were talking about symbiosis of the work that we do together, the amygdala imposter syndrome, and how to monitor our well-being. Annie, go ahead and take it away. Okay. Thank you, Penny. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so great for this like pre-talk, right? The warm-up is that I was so I was listening to that that one particular episode and I, what I was, what I was struck by was how, and I get a little, I do get emotional about it. I can feel the feelings coming up. It's so beautiful how your work and my work, they jive. There's this, this um, collaborative essence because you were talking about the amygdala and the amygdala's job, you know, is I'm going to be, I'm going to be supporting you. I'm monitoring well-being, monitoring well-being, alert, 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 right? And then things can happen when we don't feel safe and secure, right? So imposter syndrome, fears, whatever, right? Kicks into gear. So what I was thinking about is how precious creating sanctuary is, how precious finding and cultivating a sense of sanctuary is, because what we're doing at any level, at any level of creating sanctuary from, so let's say a full on outdoor garden space to this momentary, what I have in front of me right now, mini little sanctuary moment altar on my desk is we are creating the backdrop that says, yo, you're safe, you're secure you're safe, you're secure. And just this idea that I'm doing it in the physical world, helping people create that sense of sanctuary in the physical world, that is triggering what you're helping people with on their inner world. You know, that we are, we are tying those two pieces together and how, how beautiful it is that when we bring in those elements of nature and tap into those allies, we are calming that brain down so it's working in the background so when you create a sanctuary space no matter where on the continuum the ribbon it's working in the background to help support you and essentially i would make the leap your destiny it's helping you i'm making that really big leap but it's working in the background it's saying i'm this empowering environment that's telling your brain, your subconscious, you're safe, you're safe. It's calm, it's calm, there's peace here. Because you've purposely and intentionally done that, right? You've done the work to know, okay, what is sanctuary for me? You've, you're working with, with Penny and you're saying, okay, you know, these are the points in which I'm getting tripped up, right? And then what we, what we do in that, it's so beautiful how those things they do, they lace together, I think just are weaved together beautifully. So that's what I got all excited about. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so what, what was leading into that? Everyone just to, to kind of back up a little bit, Annie and I have known each other for four and a half years. Yes. Right, and um, where we met, uh, we were in a group together in such, just such a calming presence. And she would talk about building sanctuary for people. And we're going to get into her uh, bio in just a little bit. And, and, and she can explain her natural progression. But 
as we led into the conversation that we just picked up in the middle of at the beginning of the episode here, I was telling her that the one thing I connect to her with mentally, emotionally, her identity to me is that I have a swimming pool and it is my intention that I'm going to have her design my sanctuary around my swimming pool so that it it's my heaven. Now, I love being outdoors in nature. I have the farm. You may or may not have heard me talk about that or see it on social. It, it's really grounding and it's peaceful and it's um, not desensitizing. That's not the word I'm, I'm looking for. It, it, it helps you to become uh, less stimulated. Is the Regu- word How about regu- regulated? Regulated, regulated. Ground, grounded. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we can think of any number of words, but I, I want there to be like this little paradise that is my place around the pool because to be honest my husband gets the he gets the other 80 acres I get the pool (laughs) right so that's what I I identify her with being someone who can come in and create the space where you feel safe you feel grounded It, it it infuses a frequency within you that is the frequency of all it it's the frequency of the all because at the end of the day, we are all connected. We are not separate. And we're connected to the earth and we're connected to the plants. We're all on energetic frequencies. And these things, our environment can support us or our environment can overstimulate us and overwhelm us. And that's that's a choice. And I know some people will argue with that. No, my workspace has to be this and this has to be that there's still choice in all of that. So I want Annie to take a moment and to really introduce who she is um, and what it is that she does in her progression a little bit, because I think that people are going to find that your origins in helping people might not necessarily be where they would think because we're sitting here talking about plants and and (laughs) sanctuary and energy and frequency and connection. So Annie, um, Please just let people know a little bit about you. Well, thank you, Penny, for that. I, um, you know, I, I often laugh. So first of all, I'm going to say this. Hi, I'm Annie. Um, and my nickname is Annie Redbird. So you should know going in is that um, I'm not going to do the introduction like so many people do. Because I am truly a Redbird. And what that means is my journey to this point in time in this chair has been one where I have embraced the things that originally I was domesticated or programmed or what have you to not appreciate about myself. I have embraced them. And what does that mean? So it goes like this. I am a creative channel. I am a hypersensitive, deeply intuitive designer. I am a wellness space expert and I have studied with some of the most amazing giants in the industry, in research and development, and some of the most beautiful native uh, tribes people to learn the lessons in which I share through my work. And I'm a healer and I am a helper. And I come from a background that is trifold. <laughs> we were talking at the top about the word tri. So uh, trifold, I come from my first stop is in social work. I worked in community mental health, which those of, those of you that are in social work or former social workers, you know that that is the front line. And so that was my... Um, <laughs> my first stop on the career path. I moved into biomed, worked in research and development for the heart. So if you follow me, I'm talking about first the mind, right? Social work. Then I went into biomed and worked in research and development all about the heart. And through a process personally, in the sort of personal circumstances, instigating change, I found myself, I found myself 
three blocks from um, the University of Arizona master's program in landscape architecture. And I enrolled because through my journey, every stop, social work, biomed, and then landscape architecture, what I was weaving together was that through my, my creative spark, this, this inner knowing about how to connect dots to help people feel safe. What I was doing is every part along that route, I was aware of how nature, how nature was instrumental in shifting and changing my state and those I was working with. And so, hello, I'm Annie Redbird and I am a sanctuary space designer. I'm a consultant and I'm an instigator. I'm an instigator at heart. That's the red bird. So it's nice Love to be that. with you. you. You mentioned that it was domesticated out of you. Sometimes I use the word indoctrinated, but yes, domesticated out of you. Um, talk a little bit about that. Like did, did as you got older mm -hmm. and you reconnected what was the pivotal pivotal point, getting tongue-tied, that, you know, you really went, you know what, it, it's time to go back to my intuitive gift. <laughs> was, was, was there anything that happened? Was, was there resistance? Was Did something happen that you recognized that you were out of alignment? Well, that's a great, that's a great question because I don't, I don't subscribe I, I, this is the zag in me. I don't subscribe that we're ever out of alignment. Mm. I don't think that we're ever out of alignment. I would go so far, and I'm still a student in this, I want you to understand, is I, I'd go so far as I don't think there's ever anything we ever have to heal. I think that what the, what the practice is, is the misunderstanding that is the separation between the full acceptance and wholeness, the gap is what we're healing. Honestly, that's what we're healing. And the gap is the gap in awareness, the, the gap that comes from domestication. And so this is, this is my, um, in my midlife experience, hello, sitting right here in midlife, I'm, I'm aware that, can I swear? On this? Yes. Because I know Please. you do. I know you do on yours. I just don't know if you like your guests to swear, but like, holy shit, man. I, I hear I'm sitting and there, there is fundamentally nothing wrong with me. There's not. It's just my preconceived notions or this gap that's keeping me separate from the sanctuary within. That's my, that's my language, right? And so you're asking about a pinpoint and I would say, well, each time that I took a turn, a pivot, whatever, it's all instigated to, to a, a remembering. It's all instigating a remembrance of, of myself. So when I went from social work to biomed, there was a personal circumstance. When I went from biomed to landscape architecture, there was a personal circumstance. Those are so wildly painful and prosperous at the same time. And so what I know to be true is that I was recognizing that happening in the natural world, which was helping me understand in my inner world. And so was there something that I could speak to? I think most recently, particularly with you, Penny, uh, you and I had a most amazing hypnosis session after my brother died. And that was a very powerful experience because what was happening in those moments leading up to our session and, short, and then after in that very acute grief um, experience was I was getting a watershed of tap, tap, those intuitive taps. My guides were without a doubt saying, hello, hello. This is important information that you need, you need to get on this. You need to get on this. This is, and I was getting, I was getting sort of a, um, how do I want to describe it? You know how people do hand-me-downs? You know, there's that whole idea concept of hand-me-downs. 
Well, what was happening with my brother as he was transitioning is he was handing me his, his intuitive gifts. So as we moved through our session, our, our hypnosis, and, and I was needing so deeply the assistance of release is, is at the same time, I, I was doubling up, I guess you could say, on those intuitive gifts and needing to figure out how, how to manage that is, one, is the moment, I think, for me, and I, I, I can acutely remember the moment in that session where, oh, this, this shit's real. <laughs> you know, this is real. There is a power, a force, this is something that I was, I was definitely instructed to sit down on. I know that that came from my father who was very gifted um, and he dealt with it in his own ways via alcohol. Um, I know my brother was deeply gifted and he dealt with it his own ways. Um, and so here I am I'm like, okay, let's find a new way. Let's find a new way to mend that gap and welcome in those gifts. And so that's, that's where I am now, ironically, because that session, Penny, the session with, that we had, almost to the date of this call that you and I are at. You're exactly right. About two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. And speaking of nature, I recall due to the internet connection, you took that call from out in the field. That's right. In your car. Yes. I was. I they, was. I, I may not be able to remember my middle name sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because it was a powerful visual powerful visual uh, the setting i needed to be out in the field get that everybody i needed to be out in the field in order to get that reception if if that doesn't speak metaphor i don't know what would yeah really yeah yeah that's that that's really really deep and, and i love what you said it you know we're, we're all part of the collective consciousness we're all connected and you were saying something that has literally uh, wow. been coming through me as I've been doing some work, you know, I, owning a business, you're constantly reevaluating, reframing what it is that you do. And I literally sat here yesterday. And when I was talking about one of my pillars, um, the illuminate pillar, it's all about awareness and what it is, it's identifying the gaps. I mean, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> Oh my God. It's about identifying the gaps in, in the alignment, like aligning our identity is about aligning our beliefs and our thoughts to what it is that we're here to do. Like you say, it's really not a misalignment, right? So like we're, we're just vibing together all over the place with that. But, you know, I appreciate you sharing that because while I knew that you shared it was powerful session, I did not know all of that. And yeah. There's more to that. I'm not called to share right now. What's I don't think it's appropriate to, to, to share what's coming through for me right now. We'll save that for the after, after the show. <laughs> the after parties. <laughs> but, but, you know, just to understand the power that we hold in that if we simply get silent in nature and sanctuary can help us do this, to get silent and tune in each and every one of you listening to this, you are far more powerful than you can ever imagine. I'm more powerful than I can imagine. And I've been on this journey for a few years now doing the work. And I'm like, oh, wow, this? Yes, I, I'm available for this and more, please. Um, so yeah, I just absolutely, absolutely love that. So I'm just curious for you. A lot of people talk about the morning routine, the structure, the this and the that, like, you know, for you personally and the work that you do where you're tapping in and, and, and tuning into nature and, and frequency. And I personally, maybe this is a misperception I have. I, I feel like your antenna is you're tuned into your antenna all the time. I'm not there yet. But like, when, when do you find is the most powerful or potent time of day for you, for you to work, to be creative? to do mm. the things that are important to you. Oh, well, I just got a massive hit on that. Um, whoa. So let me just sort of take that in for a second. So 4.32 a.m. is a very, very um, potent time for me, 4.32 4 a.m. That's when I consistently 
wake. And that's when um, I am blessed with a lovely conversation that happens. Sometimes it's maybe stuff I don't necessarily, <laughs> you know, care for, but that's, that's a beautiful time. And then 3 p.m. is my like amazingly productive, amazingly productive. And, and, the, and the intuitive hit I just got was um, check the circadian rhythm of what organ at 4.32 a.m. Is, is sort of cleaning and clearing is what happened when I got that hit. Yeah, you got it was that like, hit. I got the hit. Check, check which organ is in its circadian rhythm at that point because I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, you know, because like my husband, Steve, for instance, sidebar is, um, you know, he has he's regained a massive amount of, of liver health. And but before we understood what was going on with his liver, he was waking up every morning at 3 a.m., like on the dot, which is when the liver is doing its like freedom, you know, and so it's so helpful to, to understand that. So 3 p.m., though, is when I am when there is a transcendence that arrives 3 p.m. PST. Yeah. I, I think that's amazing because so many people buy into this idea that to be successful, you know, a, a lot of my people want wealth. Not everyone wants wealth. We, we can define wealth in an abundance of ways. So we're not defining zeros or commas or anything like that. But it, it's been conveyed to people, if you want to achieve Y, then you must do it like X. You got to get up at five o'clock in the morning. You need four power hours. You dive right in. You go to the gym. You do this. Let, let me tell you what, if, if that was the way I had to do things, I, I wouldn't be in business <laughs> because I, I don't, I, I, I'm just like, when I spontaneously wake up and I'm inspired, I can get a massive amount of work done in those hours, but that's generally not my productive time. It's like from 10 to two is when I'm in my zone, which is why I never see a client before 10 o'clock. And here you are, it's three. Now I know some people do have rigid schedules, but for those who own their own businesses, like what would you share about that schedule? Because you just had said you had the intuitive hit around like what happens at 4.32 a.m., the circadian rhythm, and I want to come back to that. But First, what, what about the schedule? Oh, well, I, you know, what's so beautiful about that question is that I have very successfully beat myself up to try to fit in that box that you mentioned. I have been very successful in beating myself up beautifully. So, and, um, and what I would tell people at sort of a top level is, is to honor which is, is a tricky thing. And here's why. And these are bullet points. So one of the pieces is seasonally, I change. Seasonally, I change. So when I'm working with my folks um, and, and, you know, we're in, in membership, right? We are looking at, in my membership, we're looking at the seasonal changes and how sanctuary is, is expressing differently in the seasons for me. Nature is expressing differently. My body is nature. It's going to change, right? And that's not even to mention the midlife stuff that's going on. So that's a whole sidebar. So, so one of the things is just to honor the fact that there are seasons. There are true cycles. Now, some people will respond to a clock cycle, some people respond to a moon cycle, and some people respond to seasonal cycle, and there's probably others, right? Um, and so for me, there's, there is a balance of that along with being a mama. And that's what I wanna just highlight, is there are many of us entrepreneurs that are parental units. <laughs> we, are, we are the caregivers of people who are younger from us who are also trying to figure out their sleep cycles, right? And their, their power cycles and whatever. So, so as Ambrose, that's my beautiful um, baby from the sea, as Ambrose um, moves through different, now he's in kindergarten, right? So there's been a change in schedule, change in season. So, so I am choosing to find ways that that I can still fetch him from the bus 
and also have that that maximum power time right and so so okay you have to pardon me penny but a beautiful beautiful bird of prey just flew by the big window so i knew there was something that pulled there, your energy that direction i felt wow. it wow and it has landed okay so um so i am graced with this um opportunity right now to to go okay what's this season that we're in it's winter right now as at the time of this this is winter um and i'm in this rest but i'm in this like getting ready sort of feeling and i know that i got to fetch him from the bus so there's a there's a spiritual thing i think how i would describe sanctuary if someone were to stop me on the street and put me put me on the spot right away i would say sanctuary is is the moment the bridge between the spiritual and the practical it's that it's that nexus so when you talk about schedule how do i find a sense of sanctuary for myself with the practical of fetching him off the bus during my my power hour and the spiritual that i know that i'm open as a channel during these potent times and so it's honoring that and not beating myself up because i've already done that been there and that is highly unproductive highly unproductive and it shuts down the it shuts down the channel when i am mean to myself the channel goes down the radio signal is not on <laughs> so these are these are lessons in progress circling back to what you mentioned about 4:32 a.m. and that hit that you had yeah so many times spirit the universe our higher self whatever you choose to call it as you're listening you call it your angels your guides however you receive the hit so many times we receive these messages and we think they're just like random ass thoughts we're like well that's crazy where did that, that come from and, and we dismiss it we think it's just random thinking and why did my mind go there it went there for a reason <laughs> trust yourself um when those things go that direction so I want may to i say may i say something please. about that it's Absolutely. it's about normalized magic so when you say trust yourself about that mm -hmm. immediately i'm like if people if more people did trust themselves about that we'd be in a different state conscious yeah, why we, yes. we, and, we we definitely would and there's this idea that why don't we just normalize it why don't we just yeah. normalize the fact that there's magic that's happening then and it's exactly. okay yeah in in some people think of magic and they think the things that they've seen on tv or they've heard in church but i i think what i'm receiving from you is that when we're talking magical we're talking things that we necessarily can't put our fingers on and explain through our 3D lens and filter. I mean, it's not uncommon to see people who are very successful and they're talking about spiritual principles and they'll say, oh, this isn't woo. This is, this is in the Kabbalion, right? And I'm sitting here going, the Kabbalion, it, for somebody who's not spiritual, like how much more woo could you get, right? Like so people equate that with the woo and, and woo is not bad or good. There, there are people who go out and they consult numerologists, they consult psychics, they consult people to come in and help them with the moon cycles as they do major business launches in their corporations. And here's the thing, we all have the ability to tune in. Like, of course, I'm going to call you when I'm ready for my pool sanctuary, <laughs> right? Um, I would call our friend Eichel to plan around the, the moon because there's more to it than just is it a full moon or a new moon. And that, that is her expertise. And I absolutely adore her for that. But we have the ability to tune into our sense. And it begins with knowing who we are, 
remembering. I love that you talk about remembering because that's really what it is. When you work with clients and they're wanting to create sanctuary, what is the process that you take them through? And typically what is their goal? And is that goal always the same thing as the end result that they actually experience, which I think I already know the answer to, but I'm going to let you. You know, this is, this is one of those times where we have been already having conversation with each other before we got into conversation, right? Apparently. Yes, indeed. Um, and so uh, the more um, sarcastic side of me would say, uh, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said, you know, I, I really want to create um, a beautiful space, um, you know, or, and something to the effect of, you know, but I don't want to, I don't want to talk about any of that, that other stuff, <laughs> you know, well, then you have two choices that I can plainly see. One, you don't talk to me <laughs> or you let it happen. Right. Um, and so I think that one of the things in my industry, kind of zooming out, and so let's just go the design industry, what, what often happens is um, people are seeking the external first, and then the internal happens, right? And that's fine. I mean, if it gets people to the internal, I'm, I'm all for that. But what also happens in that is like, we, we jam up and we clutter up, because we will, we will sort of buy too much, consume too much, and think that that external is going to help make a space feel magical, feel sanctuary, feel healing. And so to your question, you have several questions in there, but the one I'll start with is when I'm working with people, where, where we start is what is sanctuary for you? Because uh, again, if I had a dime for every time I got interviewed and it was asked, well, what's your, what's your design style? Well, my design style is not me. My style is you. My style is, is being an ambassadress that gets, gets you from point A to point B, which is to what is sanctuary for you and what is sanctuary within you? What is within you that we want to express externally that is going to be your empowering environment that provides you this radical encouragement for the all that you are, for that, that helps you feel in those moments where your brain is like rock shit crazy, it will help you settle on down and will help you understand you are the most beautiful essence. And, and so for me, my, my job, as, as a creative channel is to help you translate that information. And to translate that information, we need to understand and drench you in a sense of sanctuary within. So we go through a process of essentially branding your sanctuary. You're, we are branding your environment with your appreciation for beauty, sacred beauty, the beauty that is within you that is expressed because your style is your style. And I love, I love this research that's coming out. Harvard has a specific program around neuroesthetics that talks to this. Um, I just happen to, to understand to do it and it's being backed now by science, which is fantastic, right? And uh, the uh, Ziki, a researcher, was showing people um, beautiful scenes. He had a group of mathematicians, I think fashion designers and one other group, and he was showing them beautiful scenes relative to their industry, to their job, to their profession. And, and it, what, he was, what he found in that research that led to this field of neuroesthetics is that when people saw, and I get choked up about this, when people saw something that was beautiful to them, because remember, there are mathematicians in this group too. A beautiful mathematical equation. Their brain did two things at the same time. Can you guess? No. Okay. I would, I would say they went into cohesion, but their brain 
it did two things. It said it, it released a, the calm chemicals, calm at the same time as it sends signals of feelings of love, same time. So there was this stress relief response and then the love, like the, the, that highest vibration of love feeling happened at the same time. So when we go through the process of creating sanctuary, one of the first things that we're establishing is what is your sacred beauty code? What's the code that helps you feel that, that helps you experience that? What, do, what is it that's in your environment that we want to attend to that's going to do that for you? Because you know what? In sort of brass tacks practical, it's going to make shopping for elements in your space a lot easier. So that's going to help reduce the sort of gross consumption that happens. And it's going to very quickly help elicit a response that is desirable. Because who doesn't want to feel love? Who doesn't want to feel that feeling? And then, of course, there's a watershed of responses that can happen in the body that are reparative from that. Then we can, we can get to, quote unquote, healing that a science would recognize, right? So, so in my process, one of our first stops is what is sanctuary within? What's that expression of sanctuary? It is you. And we look at the sacred beauty code. We look at what is your style. And we develop a sense of that that helps us move through the process of design very, um, not quickly. I wouldn't say quickly, but efficiently from that perspective. And that can help you open up. Open up. You mentioned the word tune in. You know, that people are like, well, how do I tune in? This is how we tune in. This is, we, we, we create this empowering, empowering environment that is encouraging that tuning in. People often ask me, how do I find my dharma? How do I get into alignment? All of these things. And it's like, get curious and follow your feelings. Your feelings are the breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. And everything that I just heard you say distills down to the frequency and vibration of love. It does, doesn't like, it? Just follow, just follow your feelings. And some people say, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And then my response to that is get playful. Mm-hmm. Think about things you wanted to do as a kid and you weren't allowed to do, or there wasn't time to do, or there wasn't money to do, or something that someone told you, oh, you can't make money doing that. Go do those things. I, right now in my house, I haven't plugged it in yet. It's been there for eight months, but I'm, I'm making space. And when the time is right, I will. But last year I was like, you need to get an electric guitar and an amplifier. Now, when I was a teenager, my stepdad was teaching me to play by ear. Nice. I haven't had hands on a guitar in 20, 30 years, mm. but I, I, he gave me an electric guitar that he had just had completely redone by someone who's a really snazzy guitar player. And I bought an inexpensive amplifier. When it warms up, I'm going to get out by the pool and I'm going to drive my neighbors who are quarter mile away crazy <laughs> because I'm going to be screeching on that thing because it just feels like, I mean, you, do you can you feel my energy? Like, oh yeah. And I can also see like, you playing guitar. Like, I can totally see. I mean, literally I can, I can see you. I'm laughing. I'm laughing about that. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. So I I know that um, at one point you had shared with me like the scale of some of the things that you did. Like what has been one of the most moving sanctuaries that that you've ever created? Like the transformation that it, it, it provided, not for the space, but for the people involved. Like, well... That's bringing me instantly to tears. Um, Penny, wow. Okay, I was not prepared for that question. Well, it uh, and what came to me? So, and what's happening? And there's okay. So there's a reason why it came to you. Obviously, is um, so you ask the question, and my um, my imagination just like starts a rolodex, right? So I get these like, and, um, and then at the same time or nearly the same time or in that same heartbeat is, Ooh, that is the thing that is my, my work 
currently to do is to receive the evidence of my gift. So it's really important everyone to hear that is to be open to receiving the evidence of your gift. So um, the, the, the most, pro most profound, I think, is what you're asking me like uh, from that. And they are, they are creatures large and small in, those, in that Rolodex. Um, moments, I, I think that what I would say is I, I help people create beautiful spaces. They are amazing spaces. They are. They are very, very beautiful. But that is not how I gauge my success. I gauge my success on the moments where someone will stop in that space, turn around and look at me. And this is what makes me so feel so emotional is they will look at me and, and, and comment on some sort of opening and awareness. And so that's the Rolodex. That's the Rolodex is um, that or a voice message that I get from somebody. Maybe I, I worked with them two years ago and they're having some sort of epiphany right now. And that there are these openings. And, and for me, they're like openings of light that just happen. And so that, you know, that's touching. Uh, you know, I, the first one that came, I will share this one. The first one that came is this moment where I'm in an elementary school library. And I am doing a group project, <clears throat> pro bono group project in graduate school. Um, and it's in an elementary school and the concept that we're brought there, this beautiful group of grad students is to create an outdoor classroom to honor one of the students, a fifth grader who had been shot um, by a drive-by. And so this is to be a, an honoring this outdoor classroom. And so we, we blow up the, um, the plan of attack, which is, we're not just gonna do a classroom, we're gonna do the whole campus. So this really awesome team I'm with, this is what we're gonna do. But the moment is I'm in the library and there are teachers, students, parents, and I'm presenting what is the, we'll call it the heart of the design. And I'm, I'm showing on a board I'm getting chills right now from head to toe, just right on me too. So, and I'm showing, um, this is really hard because I'm so emotional about it. It's bringing something, and this is 25 years ago. Um, I'm showing a board of what I've drawn. And, and this is, this is before I really realized, you know, this shit's, this shit's big is I've just received, I've just received the design. I just, uh, you know, that's sort of like, what well, just came to me idea. This is before I understood, right? And so um, I'm sharing it, just sort of palms open, holding the board. And the kids are in the front row on their knees sitting, right? Uh, Crisscross applesauce. And they all come in close to this board. And of my, of my drawing of the space planning and, and the, the images that I'm using to express that. So reference images and they just come in and I am encircled by these kids who are talking about Oscar, the fifth grader, who are talking about him and what he would like. That feels like Oscar. Oh, that, that's where he would play. And so there's this like discussion about that. And I am enveloped in this love in that moment and understanding that that download and that conveyance is what's orchestrating this healing. And that, that 
was the first moment when you asked me that question. It's that yeah. moment in the library. As air fingers quote healers, right? <laughs> because nothing truly needs to be healed. And light workers, we're simply conduits. 100%. We're conduits. And, you know, I, I asked a client who was off boarding this morning, uh, not for me, but for them, I was like, you know, what has been the most pivotal point of the work that we've done together? Like what was most profound? And I normally don't ask that question, but I felt called to ask this person that question. And it ended up having the perfect full circle response. And it was like, the way that you ask me questions, you don't tell me what to think. You don't tell me how to think. You don't tell me where I need to find my happiness. You ask me questions that led me to the answers inside of me. And, you know, it, that work in and of itself, like, you know, like you say, it, it, it came through, right? And that moment that you had with those children, for a lot of us, grown-ups in the world, depending on where we are in our journey, that might seem like, oh, that was a special moment or that was a precious moment. I have zero doubt that that had lasting change on those kids. They're being seen. They're being heard. The energy of their friend was there. And there's still that connection. Right, like there may be 3D loss, but on a frequency, there was no loss there. No. And I want to highlight, Penny, that um, I think a, a good designer is simply an open conduit. Yeah. I think that a successful designer is simply an open conduit. And, um, and for me, it's as a sanctuary conduit, right? And, and at times maybe a sanctuary siren, right? Or an instigator. And, um, and what, what I feel I was simply, air quotes, doing and have done in my career is to encourage and see, being a seer, um, to see the sanctuary that is within and saying, Red River, Red River, come on over, right? And um, that, uh, that's what's in that Rolodex are the moments where um, through my gentleness and my respect and reverence um, and wildly creative core, transcribe, help you transcribe that. So. It's interesting that you mentioned that you're, you're learning to receive <laughs> that. And I, I think that I'm going to speak for me personally. Mm -hmm. For a long time, it was challenging for me to speak about the results. In, in my words, it still is for me to speak about the results that my clients get. I often will share their words, their videos. Because one, I don't take credit right? I mean, that's ego to take credit for those results. But the bottom line is there's transformation waiting for people when they allow you to facilitate and guide them on this journey. So there, there's, there's this fine line where people talk about, you know, own it, right? And, and for me, I think there's a fine line between owning it and being arrogant and taking credit for it. So I think a lot of a lot of us on this spiritual path probably walk that line 
And sometimes we might even hold back sharing how we can assist people because we don't want to come across that way. Is that a little bit of what you I, are I, experiencing? Colleen Ned, I, I love, I love the synchronicity of this. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> I uh, so because I come from social work, mm -hmm. um, one of the ethos, best practices, is mm -hmm. confidentiality. Right. right. And so when we turn the page and we look at this entrepreneurial world and the online, people are talking about their, their clients and everything all the time. And I'm, I'm one who, you know, I'm like, okay, was there permission granted with that? You know, and, and how do we preserve the confidentiality of, of each person? So there's, there's that underpinning. And I know you come from healthcare and you, you, you are HIPAA aware, right? So, yeah. so I think that there, that's one sort of uh, reframe that's going on all the time for me. And because um, a beautiful space is secondary to my process or to, to my, it's the, it's the secondary benefit. The, right. the first benefit is the transformation that's happening within and recognizing that I am sanctuary walking. I am sanctuary walking right now. And so how am I taking good care of the garden of me, the garden and minding them, the garden of my mind is what I often say. And so um, because of that, I'm, I'm not flashing like, you know, magazine worthy images up all over. Uh, I'm, I'm not, those are not my proofs. My proofs are the comments in these moments in these, these text messages and you know, things where I stop in the hallway and I just like fall to the ground and cry because I feel so grateful, so grateful and so humbled. So there's like this, there's fine line in all of this. And you and I are contemporaries in age. We have farmer husbands, you know, there's a lot of similar culture for us. And here's, here's why the other thing I want to share about this is, um, when, when we are, when we are opening ourselves up to receiving the recognition, for lack of a better word, of the the, the effect we have on people, um, and 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 such, a recent awareness of mine was that. I am helping people create space for themselves to do work, to do the work, right? The work and, and re this sort of remembering. And then as they do that, so this is my aha. I pass this to you in the event it helps you. My aha was like, okay, that means she, the majority of my, my clients to date are, are, are she's, identify as she's. If she's feeling peace, that's rippling out. If she's feeling reconnected, that's rippling out. If she's feeling like she's healing a disconnection or a gap, she has this effect on people to heal a disconnection and gap in the world because she's a caregiver, because she's a healer, because she's a, a, an unseen healer let's say. And by, by doing that, she, by, by claiming peace for herself, sanctuary for herself, she's essentially rippling peace in the world. So no, so my responsibility to sanctuary becomes sacred. Having sanctuary knowing what sanctuary is within you, knowing how to access it when, when you're in those moments, that is a sacred responsibility. So now I want, to I want more people to understand the transformations that are happening because mm -hmm. they can have that too. And we can make that real easy. And so that's, that's you know, the current findings over here. Yeah. And with the work that I've done 
working subconsciously. I often get feedback from my clients on the ripple effect. And going back to what you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the session that you did with me, Mm. I didn't do it, but I facilitated a process that has now created massive ripples in the universe. Every person you interact with is getting the full effect of your gifts. I didn't do that. You still had to make the choice, right, to act on it. But it's one of those things that I wish there was greater value placed on just by people at large, recognizing we're all students, we're all teachers, the words we speak, our actions, how we share, it is rippling out and it's impacting other people. So when we choose to go inward, when we choose to uh, bring ourselves back to a place where we're at peace, where we love ourselves, where we have that knowing that we were created worthy. We all came here worthy. We came here full of potential. When we can get back to that place where we tune in and we listen and we feel and appreciate that within ourselves without being all judgy about ourselves, we're literally impacting the lives of the people around us, even if we're not directly going out and and taking an action about it. And there's so much value in that that's that's not valued so maybe this podcast today will affect a little bit of change in that arena now I would love to just kind of wrap things up let everyone know a little bit of how you work with people I know you have the Mm -hmm. membership Mm -hmm. are you taking private clients how do people reach you because this work is just phenomenal and, and I can taste the moment I go into my sanctuary around my pool. That that that's coming. <laughs> it's on its way. It's already stay, here. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, everyone. So, um, okay. So, I would just ask people to imagine a ribbon. Okay. So, see the ribbon laying across a beautiful table. Okay. That ribbon is the continuum of sanctuary that I offer to the world. So. So when we want, if we want to get really practical about the matter, I have a membership called Sanctuary Circle. And that's, that is a sort of finding, making, and creating sanctuary on the daily. Like what, what are we doing seasonally in our days to, to cultivate sanctuary? Um, there's that. Sort of moving up that ribbon, following that light, following that ribbon along is Sanctuary Design School. And Sanctuary Design School is where I teach people the process of creating their own design and and tapping into their creative spark. So I have a proven formula of how to, you know, after 30 some years of how to do that. Further up that continuum is the more bespoke work. So for those that, that want to work one-on-one and create that sanctuary. Um, that's the bespoke work that we do. And there's a couple of different ways that we, we move through that. We work on the internal side and we work on the external side. So that is the continuum of Redbird Restorative Enterprises sanctuary work. It's a lovely continuum. Um, I just wrapped up a masterclass uh, called The Seven Secrets of Creating Your Personal Sanctuary Space that is available would be a, a, great, um, a great thing to, to watch and listen to, to, to get a, a, so as they say, a, a primer, a primer. Um, and then, you know, where, wherever you are sort of in that ribbon of desiring to manifest that sanctuary and tap into that magic, um, that ribbon sits waiting for you. And you can find me on Instagram. I uh, do, I do a lot of fun, fun play over there. It's Annie Redbird restorative on Instagram, right? It's, it's um, Annie Redbird would be the, the easiest way to find me. Annie Redbird. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. So Annie, thank you so much for joining me today. I love this conversation. Um, We're going to have to find a time to connect so we can just have a girl's day. (laughs) 
<laughs> at, at some point I'll have to get out to Oregon um, because I don't have the littles that I'm, oh. that I'm taking care of. But thank you for being on the show. I truly appreciate you. And I oh, appreciate okay. what you shared today. It was, I have no words for it. Good, good. Well, no it was, hopefully it was, you can feel it. Maybe I can feel it. Can feel yes. It. I feel it on the left. So that's lovely. I'm receiving it because it's coming in on the left. And um, I just really appreciate the opportunity to play, to come here and play. Beautiful. Everyone who's listened, if you have listened to the very end, please screenshot this episode, share it to your Instagram stories and tag Annie and myself too, please. But most <laughs> importantly, Annie, because this is, this is really great stuff that she's doing and uh, we're working to change the world. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Destiny. I would love to know what resonated most with you. So just take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at penny.chason and let me know what you thought. Also, if you head over to iTunes and you leave a positive review, it helps this podcast to help reach even more people making a difference, elevating humanity and mankind.